G'day, Naked Baby Dwarves. It is the coach. I really should have thought of a better introduction than that. Um, it is all things talking fire slayers. We are with, uh, is it Grimnir's favorite obsessed children? Um, and I am very fortunate to have Travis Kelly, who has been playing them quite successfully uh, in the meta. And I know you had recently just gone 3-2. I know they're not the, the easiest army to pilot right now. We're still trying to work things out. But I've got Travis here who is going to help me understand how on earth we're going to use Fire Slayers in 3rd edition. Because my challenge as a, as a, I guess, a, well, I was going to call myself the coach, but just like a YouTube guy, is like I look through the results, Travis. And I look and I look and I look. And I've been looking at results now for months. And Fire Slayers hasn't really shown up in the top 10 in any tournament across the world. Like oh, they might do well at a one day or something, but you're not seeing much happening in the two, two the two day kind of scheme, and I, I and I don't know quite yet, and I want to get your thoughts very yeah. soon. But like, what is going on with Fire Slayers? How have you learnt about Fire Slayers in the new edition? And you know, let's build off that. But first things first, Travis. Welcome, hello. Introduce yourself to the internet. Thank you, uh, Travis Kelly. Uh, you might tell that I'm not from the UK, although I think most of your guests are from that direction. So out of Ohio, back in the States and having fun learning how to play Warhammer in the lead belt that is Nottingham. Uh, so consultant by day, gamer by night kind of attitude. And that's everything. Do you catch me off guard because uh, we are streaming in the UK time yep. and it took me a second. I'm like, wait a second. There's no, there's no UK accent because I noticed you from uh, the the Maximum Carnage or the Carnage series over in the UK at Element Games. So I was expecting a Brit, but it's nice to have you and talking yep. dwarves. And there are rumors that you might merge with KO and we might have like a big war situation. But until that actually happens, All right. until that actually happens, and, and and I'll get your thoughts maybe at the end. But how Firestay is going so far? Like just general third edition type things. How's it going? I think it's nice that the list is the branching out a little bit more. It feels like it's an army that plays in a lot of different phases at this point, as opposed to just being in combat. Um, you're you're going to see more unique lists, I think, at this point because of the loss of the battalions. Uh, so I think it's a good time to play Fire Slayers. Less stress in trying to take a single list that is heavy on one one trick, I want to say, and uh, get to, to stretch your muscles a little bit more and see how you can kind of finagle your way into victory, which I think is is a fun part of the game. Yeah, and for anyone who hasn't seen this show before and we're doing this you know, new structure, very much I'm going to try to get Travis's thoughts on some of those key changes that have happened in third edition. You know, And, and I want to kind of see, has it been a positive, a negative? Has it changed his list design? Uh, get some other thoughts around like the meta and obviously we are in a, a bit of a weird hero hammer mortal wound kind of meta right now so i want to hear like what's going on i'm going to ask him about monsters i'm going to show you one of his lists and we'll kind of put it all together but for now you know i, I want to hear from everyone in the comment section as well if you're watching this on replay you know where are you standing on your fire slayers because there isn't a lot and I, where i was going to go earlier was that Prior to third edition, you didn't see a lot of Fire Slayers plays to begin with. It was a very niche army. And um, and it was like, you know, you'd see like one, maybe two in a tournament scene. It was very rare that you saw Fire Slayers. So coming into third edition, I haven't really seen a lot. So it's really hard to know 
what the blueprint of success is. You know, I look at daughters of Cain, you know, there's Marathis, there's, there's bow snakes, you know that there's going to be X and Y. You look at Lumineth, you know, there's certain builds, but as a Fire Slayer player, it's quite hard to know which lodge. Um, how do I get around not having uh, Lords of the Lodge? You know, has my Urgold rune kind of sequence changed? But let's go third. Let's talk third okay. edition first. How have you found your Fire Slayers in third? I, I think they do well in third edition. I think the condensing of the board size makes it easier to get to the objectives. The fact that you don't need to be on all the objectives, you can kind of just take your your core battlesmith with his units to push forward onto two of them and try and hold those two objectives and then keep something in reserve for if you lose that third turn and they're going to destroy the objective you're on, you still have control of one of those. And then you have a, a faster unit to try and get onto the remaining objective if you need it at that point. So I think they play well this edition. There's a lot of command points out there to, to throw around. You want your opponent to use their command points in phases that they weren't planning on doing that with all-out defense, something along those lines. So getting them to burn through their command points, I think, is is one of the keys. Yeah, and it's, it's interesting because, you know, the board has changed, right? You know, and I think that's probably one of the reasons Lords of the Lodge was so popular was because in the old edition with such a large board, you know, you'd be waddling for two, three turns until you actually got into combat without some type of like coming in from reserve mechanic. But now that the board has changed and we were talking a little bit earlier off stream is one of the other key changes that have happened is that your army isn't stretched out nearly as far as it used to be. You know, there used to be four, five, six, eight objectives at some point and fire slayers aren't that type of army that likes to be stretched. You've always got, you know, really tight bubbles. You have heroes that are hugging a unit or two because you've got, you know, 12-inch kind of buff ranges. So yep. spreading out really deep across the board was always a bad strategy for Fire Slayers. And now that the board is condensed, both, you know, width and depth, um, there's less objectives. It, it, mm -hmm. it kind of feels like it's actually playing a lot to your strengths. Yeah. And I think... It feels like the zones that people are given to deploy within has also benefited the Fire Slayers a little bit. You know, the the pizza oven, the Magma Forge, uh, needs to be in your own zone. And I think in second edition, the zones that you could deploy your army in tended to be a little bit tighter uh, than the current game. So it's been nice from that perspective as well. Yeah, actually, yeah. I, I, when I think about the pizza oven, you know, the Magma what is it called the magma oven forge uh, the magma yeah. forge yeah the magma forge i'm having pizza tonight actually so <laughs> but like you're right like when i think about it and when i play a, a lot against fire slayers in the past it would be like a one use only type of thing like you'd use it for turn one and you'd almost like move off it maybe turn two but rarely was it something that interacted in the late game but you're finding that it's got because of the board and the, the deployment and all that you're getting a bit more value from it you get a little bit more value from it. Also, prayers have kind of taken a step forward in the game. Um, so you've got your curse, the, the the three that are natural to everybody, plus the ones that are on your battalion. Taking a four to a three, I think, is pretty strong with the forge consistently. So you're getting the prayer of Ash off more, more often. I've been trying to get curse to work in just about every list I play. Uh, nine inches hurts. Um, so eventually I just got to drop it and realize that the Magma Forge is theirs for setting up getting double turned. So I want to use it 
at the start of a battle round, if I lose the double turn, then I've still got a six up ward on all the heroes that don't have a ward of that kind. It's also cool because with the the new enhancement kind of feature, you could get if you are going down the obviously the prayer build, you could actually go double press. So you could have all of your rune smiters and things like that having two options, be giving you a bit more flexibility if oh, you yeah. want to go for the extra command or whatever it might be oh, with yeah. things like warlord. Oh yeah, uh, Ember Storm is a great late game ability. You know, getting those dwarves to have a ten inch move and then a charge really helps you get to where you want to be on the board if you've won the early game. What about things like? And I, I don't. I'm imagining this doesn't impact you very much, but I'm curious to ask things like things like reinforcements because I remember in the past a lot of Fire Slayers opponents would do big blobs. They yep. would do big blobs of Hearthguard Berserkers or uh, is it Ulrich Hearthguard? They would just do like these blocks of 15 or what felt like 30, but probably weren't 30. Uh, but right. they're always big blocks. Like you didn't really see a lot of those multiple small units across the board. How is how's reinforcements kind of manipulated or changed your list? I, I think Fire Slayers want to play an MSU at this point uh, because their buffs or auras uh so i've kind of said all right i don't think i need to bring you know first edition it was blocks of 30 volkite berserkers throw them onto an objective by tunneling up and see if your opponent could kill everything in time uh second edition definitely felt like it was the hermdar list with big blocks of the um ulrich uh berserkers hearthguard berserkers uh and Pile in, attack first, pile in a second time, move your way through your opponent that way, doing mortal wounds on sixes to hit. Uh, now, you know, you still got the Battlesmith, who's going to give you your plus one save to everything within 12 inches. Uh, you've got your four up after save within when you're within that hero range. So those buffs to those guys work well in units of five because it doesn't matter how big the block is. Uh, so the MSU, I think, is the way to go with Fire Slayers right now. Uh, maybe one or two units of bigger. I, I've tried a bigger unit of Ulrich Hearthguard uh, popping up and then trying to bring down some sort of behemoth. Uh, yeah, and, 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 and Sam's actually brought up a really interesting point because the other component to that is that you've now got the new coherency rules. So while you probably will find most lists are okay, right? If you're playing that traditional 2K list and you've got four reinforcement points, you're probably okay with how you used to run your army. But the other side is going to be the coherency and how that impacts you from having, you know, the, the way you would normally, you mentioned right at the top of the show, string out your army and right. how that impacts because you're on 32 32s. mil bases on average. You don't really have any 25s. Right. And anything that would have a one-inch attack, you're you're losing if you go really deep. Yep. So yeah, Volkite Berserkers are even at a unit of ten. It's they're not the easiest thing to get into combat, and to get all of them into combat is a bit of a challenge. Yeah. So it's and it probably goes back to why you might not want to go all in on the big hordes of fire slayers, just purely because you're losing a lot of attacks and you know the coherency. Um, does make things a little bit harder. But 
I oh. think the, the the berserkers with the pole axes or the just the regular broad axes, they still work well in their larger units because they are a two inch range on those attacks. So they're still good. Uh, your magma pipes in combat are only one inch, but while they're not horrible in combat, you're not trying to have your magma pipes in melee combat early on in the game. So bigger blocks are okay there as well, I think. I guess the coherency rule will help you because those, those really tight, I always found that your buff ranges are always quite low compared to those generous 18, 24 inch bubbles. So I guess I, I know I've caught out a couple of fire slayers players in the past where they've been in combat. They've piled in one model outside of that 12 inches and that's denied them the ability to fight again. Yeah. But by with the coherence, and it's just that one model trying to wrap around. But now that you can't really do that, I guess, it works with the way your army's kind of built. And you also, I, I I might be wrong, so the internet will catch us, but I don't think you have the ability to attack twice anymore with Fire Slayers. I can't remember but how think, you got that rule. Was that I think it was a battalion. I think it was oh, one it was of the battalion. old... Yeah, and now that battalions are gone, you, you get more models into the list than you did previously from paying for battalions, uh, but you you don't have those special abilities anymore. You still, I think with Hermdar, you still have the option to go first, but you don't have the option to go a second time. Speaking of battalions, while I quickly look this up and try to cover my own ass, um, how have you how have you found Lords of the Lodge? Because that was something that uh, was was quite common. Like most armies, uh, it was in the Lords of the Lodge. Bloody hell! Yeah, there yeah. you go. That was that was something that was staple across the board. It was almost like you couldn't take a fire slayers list oh, yeah. without Lords of the Lodge. So, like I said, losing Lords of the Lodge is a huge downgrade to their, their melee combat. Uh, that second pile-in after a first attack is just going to kill whatever you were in combat with, I think. Um, but you get to trade that for having another unit of something, because Lords of the Lodge was 100-something points at the time. Uh, you were probably taking, I think Andy Hughes was taking two battalions. So he just has more dwarves in his list now. Uh, Lofnir, I think, is a fun unit because of the monster meta. The ability to pop up a priest within 12 inches of something and say, I'm going to blow that up. So all of my magma pipe units have plus one to hit, plus one to wound. If it's a monster you're going for, which you're going to see in this meta, you're going to have an additional point of damage to it. You're going to reduce its attack. If it lives, it's going to have minus one to hit. Uh, so I think that's a benefit to the, the MSU is just multiple opportunities to roll a four up against monsters. So that leads me to a couple of extra questions. I was going to lead you somewhere else, but you've, you've okay. already raised, you know, you've raised this question. So let's stay, let's stay on the monsters, right? Because right. we are in a, we are in a meta right now where it's got a lot of hero hammers. So, you know, your Archaeons, your Marathis, blah, 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 blah. Then you've got a lot of really high armor save, two ups, three ups, a lot of mortal wounds being thrown around, especially when the dragons come. But there's also other armies, whether it's bow snakes, you know, there's a lot of mortal wounds being thrown around. How, how are you finding them in the meta, right? Because you don't have that hero hammer. You know, your best hero is a magma droth from a wounds perspective. And sure. it's not that durable. It's not that durable. I mean, yes, you can put amulet on it, but right. it's not it's not Archaeon. Um, how sure. are you finding that? Uh, in terms of uh, a hero hammer, I, I think you're right. It, there's 
it's always fun to mess around with. I'm, I'm trying to remember which subfaction it is where you can spend a command point to have all of your heroes attack when the first hero goes, uh, and you get additional uh, artifacts with it. it. Those are fun lists to play around with. I don't think they're particularly great. Is it the gray? Uh, is it the gray? The gray feared five. And that might that might be it. Yeah, I'm just reading uh, like the command ability in uh, if you pick a for fight. Yeah, if they're not mounted on a magma drop, they can immediately fight afterwards. Mm -hmm. I think your your point about magma drops and mortal wounds. I think there's two good ways to get mortal wounds out of this list. There's the the berserkers who are going to do with the pole axes two mortal wounds on the sixth to hit. Uh, that's one of the, the better ways. And then the Magma Dross themselves are where Mortal Wounds come out. You've got the command ability on a two-up when you charge to do D6 Mortal Wounds to them. Uh, you've got your Magma Breath, which as long as you're up against Hordes, is going to do a decent amount of Mortal Wounds to those guys. Uh, you're rolling a D6 if you're within six inches. Uh, you've got your Tail, which is going to do D3 at the end of combat. And then if they splash. hit you... Yeah, yep. the splash portals. If they hit you, uh, you're gonna do you're gonna bleed on them, and they're gonna take mortal wounds that way. Uh, in terms of the resilience, they're certainly not Archeon, um, but I think running them as Bash Brothers, so two Rune Sons on Magma Droth is my favorite way to do it. Uh, you've got keep them within six inches so that you're re-rolling all of your hits uh, rolls, and then your wounding is fairly good on a Magma Droth. But then you're giving them two amount uh, traits. The first one is to reduce rend on your primary. So whoever's going to be leading that charge, reducing rend on melee attacks against them. And then the second one within six inches is going to be re-rolling once to save. And then you're on a four-up save regularly, and you can give them both an after save. So one's on a five-up after, and one's on a six-up after. So at, at 14 wounds, there's some resilience in that at this point yeah plus add the fact that you can obviously heal yourself through one of the heroic actions yeah. and um also the monstrous rampages as well does that mean that magma droths are worth reconsidering because i remember there was a time where people hated magma droths then you had one magma droth maybe in the list because you just wanted to fill up your army full of bodies sure. and i know you've got two in your list and we will go through your list you know later to in, in the show but is it now a good time to reconsider your magma drops because of, you know, having having more wounds and you know being a commander in a in a battalion, you've got yourself um, some more durability, some healing, and what I just mentioned, things like monstrous rampage. Because raw, for example, is such a good ability. Um, yeah. Even titanic jewel, I love using titanic jewel. I'm going to throw out the ability to destroy terrain. I think getting – I played entirely too many Seraphon lists this weekend, and I'm not a huge fan of the chip damage that comes out to Fire Slayers because there's not a great way to get rid of it. But being able to run up the board, get into combat, and then destroy that terrain piece uh, that's housing a couple different things, it, it's key for some armies to get rid of their some of their, their power. Might be good because uh, 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 the Seraphon just got new updates to their Allegiance ability. So now all the terrain in their side is going to be mystical, giving them a six-up ward. So nice yeah. little way to shut it down. I just find that I never have enough monsters and Smash to Rubble is always like the least of my priorities. It's either Raw, Stomp or Titanic Jewel. And then, and then 
maybe maybe smash to rubble. Right. A smash to rubble is just, a, I think it's a tactical decision, right? If, if they've got a strong terrain piece uh, that's giving you grief, I think there's a couple armies out there that do that, Osiarch Bone Reapers. I just don't want to deal with those type of terrain pieces. If I could get to the Lumineth terrain piece, I would destroy it. Um, but <laughs> that's part of the problem getting to it. Like as I, I used to run mega Gargans and like, I really want to smash your terrain and like old OBR terrain would be in the center of the board. So I just break yeah. it every time, but there were some things that just at the back, like, you know, the beast claw rate, the, the, um, the beast of chaos, like Hearthstone. I'm like yeah. too much effort. I can't get to it. I'm just going to ignore it. Sure. And stomp and um, shout my way to victory. Right. That's it. Um, I was going to, I was going to ask you something. I was going to ask you. I had, some, I had a good question. Uh, new new war scrolls. This is not the question I was going to ask you. It'll come okay. back. It'll be, I'll be in the shower and I'll be thinking about this. Like, oh, yeah. like oh, that's right. <laughs> you got two new war scrolls. Sure. And Broken Realms, you saw, was it the Doom Seeker war scroll and the Grim Wrath Berserker got an update? Any thoughts? I, I have not used them yet. So my thoughts are just theory craft, I guess, at this point. I was mentioning the list where your leaders can all attack at the same time with the command point. Those lists I think would do great with uh, piling in those guys because they don't count in your hero pool. I don't think uh, they're they're kind of other. Yeah, because they because they're like uh, they're like um, Gotrek where they don't have the leader profile, but they've got some. It's some really. I think they don't have the here. Yeah, there's there's a unique bit to it or at least there was in second edition where you could bring six leaders and then have a whole bunch of they're, they're heroes they're, they're here i'm just looking at it now they're hero okay. keyword but their battlefield role is not leader so it means you can put okay. them into hunters of the heartland like got trek yep. um you can use heroic actions on them but and they can issue and receive their own command but yep. they're not going to count as one of your six heroes so yeah i i really liked the berserker uh in the previous phases because or in the previous editions because of his ability to have the save after the save you ran him forward you got him into combat and he usually did some decent work uh but i have not put him into any lists in this edition fair so i know like even like when i was looking at like the grimrath berserker i thought they had some really interesting rules when you look at the grimrath oath and some of the things you could do yeah. um and I, I have seen lists in the past, but when you start looking at the 100-odd points, I think it is, it's a bit hard because points have changed. And although, it could, you know, a lot of people are putting Got Trek into Hunters of the Heartland, and oh, yeah. this is another one that kind of fits into it because it's a troop. I mean, Got Trek into any order list is probably better than the list that doesn't have him at this point, uh, which, you know, is a little sad. Is he worth considering for fire slayers? Sure, I mean, <laughs> he's he's so good at what he does, and that's run forward, sit on an objective, and kill anything that gets near it. Um, there's there's a couple answers out there for him, but anything in my list, the two magma drops are what would drop to put in Galtrek at this point. I, it probably makes the list better, at least that's the opinion of several of the dragon slayers. Uh, so you know, I'm handicapping myself, I guess, in their opinion. It's a narrative list. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I, but I, th I think for anyone who wants to run Gotrek in Fire Slayers, definitely makes sense. Again, he's not going to get any Allegiance ability, but he does look actually good. Just, and he, he actually does look like he fits in your army versus 
like the daughters of Cain running around. Like, why are you here? My understanding is he doesn't like the Fire Slayers, which is why he's not on the list. There's just a good old fashioned hatred, I guess. A bit of jealousy. <laughs> Fair. I'll be remiss if I didn't ask you about megas. Um, same same kind of thing. Would you consider a mega? You can get Bundo, the Kraken Eater, who can kick the yep. objective. He's obviously 35 wounds. Doesn't count as 20 on an objective, but he does count as five. Yeah, I, I had him in a second edition list uh, because of the shenanigans you could pull with, uh, is it Fury of Grimnar where you, a hero gets to attack in the hero phase? And it was the only, in second edition, it didn't have a Fire Slayers keyword. So you could get a, a, a giant to attack in the, uh, the hero phase, which was a bit cheeky, I guess, is the UK definition. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> uh, I've got to call out this comment as well. So Matt Davis is it's a perfect comment. He said, the biggest issue with Gotrek in Fire Slayers is he's wearing pants. And we all know Slayers don't like that. Matt, look, you could hobby restrictive. your, you, you hobby your <laughs> Gotrek and make him wear a thong or something. You do you. I'm not here to judge you folks. Uh, run your Gotrek however you want to run him. Nice. All right, well, get, getting, getting us back on track from underpants wearing Gotrek. Um, sure. You were alluding to the um, to the lodges a little earlier, and I know in the past you saw, is it Vostag and Hermdar were the two more popular of the lodges? Or yeah. at least maybe that was my perception. Yeah, and no, I that, agree. Has that changed? Has that changed? Like, is it now time to reconsider some of the other lodges, or are they still just the good the good options? I think Hermdar has definitely taken a step down without having Lords of the Lodge. Uh, Volstag is interesting because of your run and charge ability in the first phase. And, the you know, we're much closer together. So if your strategy is to send all of your, your angry dwarves across the board, get stuck in immediately, uh, I think that could work. I, I do feel that people screen relatively well so if you're across the table turn one you're killing chaff uh and then you're if you took the first turn you're you're in a they're in a comfortable position because they're about to bring down all of their firepower upon your your 60 angry dwarves that just hustles across the board um i've lofnir is my favorite because of the monster meta and I think the shooting is necessary. It's not overbearing from the Fire Slayers, but it definitely puts pressure on your opponents in a phase because you've got all the throwing axes coming at them. Uh, you've got the magma pipes trying to bring down a particular unit uh, by focusing on it. And you're, you're going to make them think about using a command point for all out defense in a phase that you wouldn't think you need to use it for fire slayers. And that loss of a command point is going to make a difference later on. Have you found you've got more command points now than you had in the past? Like, is that, has that been helpful for, for your type of army being able to get more run rolls? Cause you, you never really had a lot of command points. Obviously you had the battalions, but you, it wasn't like you were CP rich. And I always felt like you, you would be the type of army that would benefit from having more CP. Yeah, I think, you know, rally is if you're bringing a big block, which we've kind of talked about that you're not necessarily with fire slayers, rally is really strong because you're bringing back two units for each six in a big block. 
I think redeploy is still the strongest command point that's out there. Uh, just taking an MSU unit and going, okay, now I'm D6 inches further away on your charge is huge. Uh, all out attack, all out defense are, well, I want to say all out defense is great for when you know a unit's going to get focused. So the battle tactics, someone says they want to kill your battle line, having the ability to move further away to deny a charge or to give yourself all out defense, just to make sure that one unit lives and you deny your opponent two to three victory points. It That's, that for me is where you're using, you want to keep your, your, your command points. Uh, so, yeah. And it's also good because you can also redeploy forward. Like I've, I've been sure. playing around with redeploying onto objectives and like sneaking on or like repositioning. And there's a lot of cool things you can do, which kind of then leads me to Urgold. I want to talk about Urgold because okay. it's a really cool ability and mm -hmm. you obviously the choice i always found that you know choosing the right urgold at the right time can be tough right because you don't want to burn the good stuff early and you really want it later and one of the things that AS aos 3 has done is removed a lot of re-rolls a lot of re-rolls have disappeared yet here we are you know the rune of fury as example is a re-roll once yeah. so you can get all out attack you get plus one to hit and then re-roll once just to like supercharge your army oh yeah how are you looking at your 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 runes are you finding some are now more valuable than others are there ones that you're always taking like what's the strategy and thoughts around your urgold yeah i so oops, sorry about that the, the look listen listen travis this is not a yeah. phone a friend show you can't, you can't just call, call your mate <laughs> to, guys, to I answer. answers yeah um i think you're always using the reroll ones to at some point uh, because it's one of the few abilities that's going to impact your shooting. Uh, so it, most of the stuff is melee dependent. You know, the additional rend is huge, uh, but it's only melee attacks. Uh, let's see. Sixes to do an additional point of damage is pretty nice, uh, but I think that might be a special ability. I, I find that the extra two inches... I like to use it to get my magma pipes into position to shoot something that they wouldn't have been able to shoot. But then I also find at the end of the game, uh, if I just had two more inches, that charge would be that much easier. Uh, so I, that's a that's a hard one to decide whether to use it early or late in game. The plus one to bravery is my throwaway. So, you know, if I'm a high drop army, I think they're going to make me go first. I'm probably using my plus one bravery at that point, just because I don't know where the damage is going to go. It gives me an opportunity to to not lose some models if things get taken off the board. So let's see. What else am I missing? Oh, the throwing axes. That's the – I've run out of options. That's the only one that can do me a little bit more damage, so I'll make throwing axes forced to hit. The uh, the rune of searing heat as well is a good one, but you just rely on that hitting. So you've got to you got to pull off the obviously the one to five, which is no problem as long as you get a six. But then yeah. you've got the other six, which is adding the, the the plus one. So I mean, if you've got a, a high volume of attack, searing heat is great. Mm -hmm. um, but it's just so, it's so swingy, right? Compared to reroll once to hit, improve the rend, you know, yeah. add two to the movement. Um, add two to the movement, and then if you happen to get the enhanced effect of plus two to the charge, 
Oh, that's yeah. gold, especially when there's things like Corn Demon printers out there that are halving run and charge rolls and things like that. Getting a plus two can be the difference between hitting the charge, especially when people are using like redeploy with the with that. Um, yeah. It's always that that one or two that just kind of stops you from the charge. Oh, yeah. But um, the fact that you got a whole bunch of re rolls, or even even like when I look at like Awakened Steel, right? You know, improve the rend by one. So what? With some of the things that are happening with just safe stacking, that could be a way to either force your opponent to spend a command point to use all that defense, or it actually might be enough rent to then cut through the safe stacking that might be available in the game. Definitely. On the broad axes, which are already at minus one, it's definitely minus two. Uh, it has the opportunity to get you to minus three, which is just huge at that point. But it's also army-wide. So... With the MSU, I think you're going to have combats in multiple places. The Fire Slayers are, are, I think, strong enough to to not have to worry about, yes, there's going to be the primary attack that I want to do first, but you can be in combat with other things with smaller units and hit them back so that they're fighting in multiple places. They're not able to, to save stack as much as they would like at that point. I well, The other consideration I've got with Fire Slayers and you tell me what you think about this crack theory, right? I've got a crack theory is at the top of the show. I mentioned that we are in a hero hammer moving into a high mortal wound um, meta. It feels like the pendulum is starting to swing. And some of the tournament players are thinking about mortal wound protection. And I can see a world where very, very soon, especially when those dragons start coming in, is that things like Nurgle, things like Nighthaunt, uh, anything that's got a high mortal wound save or the ability to shrug wounds is going to be worth its weight in gold. And I feel like Fire Slayers fits that nicely. Maybe not as good as Nurgle, but I think you might have some tools to not only deal the mortal wounds, but absorb the mortal wounds. Is my Am I am I, am I on the money or do you think that maybe Fire Slayers, or maybe I'm overestimating what Fire Slayers do in the mortal wound protection era? Well, we're talking, I guess, key ways that mortal wounds come out are spells. Right, so the Null City and Icon on the Battlesmith is is huge for a four up just to ignore spell effects. Uh, so there's a little bit there. Uh, you're you're able to take the mortals that are going onto your heroes onto the magma pipes on a four up kind of body save, uh, and then of course your your berserkers with the pole axes have the four up after save. And then if you burn the if you burn the piece oven. Everybody has a six up. So they have options. Uh, certainly not as strong as Night Haunts and Magikin, and but they're yeah, they're I think they can absorb it once or twice. Uh, too much more and and you're gonna you're gonna fall over because your key pieces are gonna get removed. Yeah, I'm not saying that you are death, right? Because death just has it in addition to everything else they do. But I think you have the the save better than others, but maybe not as good as Nurgle as an example. And, and you've got a decision, which is always the hard part, as to when to give yourself that that benefit, right? With consuming the Magma Forge for just a six up after, um, or even the Runic Firewall, right? The Runic Firewall has the opportunity to give you a save, it's difficult to deploy. And I think that's the challenge with it. Yeah, no, that's fair. No, that's fair. Um, one other question I kind of wanted to ask you before I kind of get to your list is um, actually two, maybe two questions. One, is there any units that 
that maybe in second edition people didn't use or it wasn't as common that now maybe is worth considering? And I know we talked a little bit earlier about the magma droths and maybe it's a good time. Yeah. Is there anything else that maybe is a little bit of a sleeper at the moment? I mean, I, I've kind of talked about the two that are the big ones for me. Uh, it's the magma pipes, I think, are better this edition uh, than they have been previously. I mean, they were good last edition, but the meta is making me want to take them. Uh, and then the magma droths, which we've we've mentioned, you have to bring a piece to make Lofnir work. So those are the three key units or the, or the top tier that weren't previously top tier. So there's always the Battlesmith. And there's always the, the the berserkers. So, no, I like it. And who are your allies? I've, I've had this. I've had this mind blank. So you've got dispossessed, iron willed, ko, and stormcast. And that's gone up, right? That was in second edition. We didn't have nearly as many options as we do now. I think. Um, and that might have been changed. That I'm looking at your your battle time. That might have been updated to be cities of Sigma, maybe. But have you thought about bringing in any allies from KO or um, Stormcast? Because I know Stormcast got a lot of cool options, and maybe you're tempted to bring in a dragon, a Storm Drake, when it comes out. <laughs> yeah, fair. I mean, why not? Right? Put a dwarf on top of it. Uh <laughs> I remember one of my one of my friends did actually make like a Duarden celestine prime and it was very cool like a very cogsmithy kind so yeah absolutely yeah. i think that could work but would you, you consider any allies in, in your list or are you finding yourself just too tight with your points i i think i am not branching out far enough in that direction yet so i'm, I'm not going through the books looking for what are the key allies i think i'm playing within the book uh, and trying to, uh, to optimize things in that way uh, i think that's probably the next step as, as I try and get better as as player, uh, is to find those units that I can ally and just do what I want better. So, yeah, no. and obviously, it depends on where the meta goes, right? Like, I could see a good use for things like little gun haulers, right? Being able to fly high, dropping your opponent's territory, score those evil easy battle tactics, or if you're finding yourself, you know, not being able to handle some of these units at long range because you don't have the longest range out there. And if we happen to go into like long strides, bow snakes, you know, that type of, how do you reach out and touch them? Yeah. Maybe again, a gun hall oh, yeah. or some type of KO would be good. If you had some ability to just amplify the movement of dwarves, you know, 18 inches shooting range with a four inch move is not a whole lot of threat range for people. I think it's, you can, if you, your opponent can pretty well maneuver around those kinds of bubbles uh, 30 inches without line of sight is extremely easy. <laughs> uh, but if you had the ability to fly high and redeploy where you wanted it to be, yeah, I, I, I think there's a strength in that. Which kind of leads into what Samuel's asked in the chat, which is around, you know, how are you handling or how are you finding handling these heavy shooting armies that are always going for your heroes? Like the first lesson I learned as a Fire Slayer opponent will shoot the heroes. And I know it's a bit of a joke, but it is more true with Fire Slayers than most armies because oh, yeah. your power is so amplified by your heroes. And if you have those Lumineth archers fishing for, for fives or sixes, if they've got Lambert Light, you know, your bow snakes who are double shooting with, you know, mortals on sixes, your heroes are not traditionally like large wounds. So they'll eventually go down. Right. How are you finding handling the, you know, protecting your heroes or having a, a bunch of heroes around? Yeah, I'm wanting them to worry about the other threats. 
right? So I'm hoping my opponent doesn't realize that if they just kill this one hero, uh, that things start to fall apart for me, uh, which is not a great strategy. So the 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 Ulrich Hearthguard are next to all of the heroes to help take those wounds. So, so turning a six wound model into a nine wound model, in essence, uh, that's the goal there uh, to help them survive just a little bit longer. And then you want to put the big terrifying thing in their face to kind of distract them. So two, two rune sons on Magmadroth coming up the flank, they're going to be into them turn two and start causing havoc. So that's a distraction. Uh, the big block, or it was a big block of 15 magma pipes going for techless. That was a distraction. So uh, there's, it's smoke and mirrors for the most part. Don't don't shoot my battlesmith off the table. Turn one, please. <laughs> well, if you're an opponent, if you're an opponent, and you just you just heard Travis's strategy. Don't shoot off. Right. I asked well, nicely. Uh, as Sam said, don't pay attention to that dwarf behind the curtain tactic. Like, ignore him. Don't worry about that. Like, do what I do. Like, just try to pump up your other. Oh, you wouldn't want to get this charge off. Oh, you don't want to draw by my. You know, it's going to shoot magma at you and do D6 mortals. It's going to charge and do D6 mortals. It's going to stop its tail and do D3 mortals. It's got nine attacks all at minus two oh, doing D3. It's oh. re rolling ones. But Anthony Lowe kind of actually like ruined Christmas. No, he didn't actually ruin Christmas, but he actually made a really good point around, you know, the Hearthguards, uh, Auric Hearthguards becoming a, a strong part of the Fire Slayers army. And lo and behold, here is an army list that you are playing around and put together. And I thought it'd be kind of good just to talk through a little bit about like what your thinking is and rationale and why you're building a, a way, the way you're kind of building. But um, we mentioned earlier that, you know, traditionally you would see things like Vostag and Hundar. You've gone Lofnir. You've taken the dominating presence as the grand strategy with the indomitable triumph. Um, you got yourself two magma droths, both being auric rune sons, one with the javelin, one with the war axe, um, you know, amulet of destiny, coal heart ancient, uh, ash horn ancient with battle throne. So you've got yourself a nice little, you know, magma droth trait and artifact. So surprise, there's two warlord battalions there. You got yourself battlesmith rune smiter rune smiter rune father so you've gone like all the heroes so most armies aren't running a lot of heroes it's interesting that you've gone in and maybe replaced the fact that you can't have a 507 point 100 point hero with just lots of you know little heroes and then you've gone msu five berserk hearthguard five hearthguard berserker 10 volkite berserkers one two three four five units of five auric hearthguard and one drop, lol, try 14 drops. So you have not gone <laughs> battle regiment. Uh, and I imagine it's just not worth it. Why what, if you if you're already if you're already like over three drops, who cares? Just yeah, doesn't matter. Go on. Um, but you've gone hunters and double warlord and tapping into two additional artifacts. Yeah. Um so like what's the what's the logic here? Like why you know, to Anthony Lowe's point, like, you know, Auric Hearthguard potentially being good. Um, what's the thinking and what's the rationale and how does this list win? All right. So the, the rationale is that the, I think the Nulsidian icon is barn on the best artifact for the, the, the Fire Slayers to take. So that's a 12-inch bubble 
uh, roll a dice when you have a spell cast on you and a four up, you just kind of ignore the effects of it. Uh, it's, I think, one of the better answers. I've chosen to take two Magma Dross on Rune Sons, and I wanted to beef them up, which is why both of them have uh, a, basically a, a five up and a six up ward save. Uh, and that's why the Warlord is in there. Those two Warlords are in there is the additional command points and the additional artifacts at this point. Uh, are they the right decisions? I, that's for everybody else to decide, I think. Uh, it gives me a nice... The monsters, when they die, they give up a command point, or they give up a victory point. i trying to prevent that from happening, and I especially want to try and make it so that in a turn when they want to bring them down, it's it leaves them with doubt, and they overcommit resources, knowing that I can reroll once to save... I've got the ward after that. They're on a four-up save. I can give it best day ever when you decide, to, you know, I'm going to bring it down. Uh, so I can stack defense onto them just to try and keep it up and deny those victory points uh, when it comes through. And they're good against hordes. So, you know, going into Lumineth and their big blocks, Shining Company is going to be minus one to hit, which is not fun, just across the board. Their ability to give themselves plus to save from the quartz, they're surprisingly tanky. It's nice to have something that's just dishing out mortal wounds, either because it's breathing on them and there's 20 units in there that it's charged and trying to get it because they're not going to take a battle shock. You know, two up from the, the one hero to prevent it or spending the command point. So you're just trying to get as much damage against them as quickly as possible. What's your bravery I've, normally? Because uh, your bravery... Seven. Okay, so really by going that multiple small units as well, because one of the changes, obviously, is that you can only have one inspiring presence essentially a turn. So being able to go these MSU style, you really don't need to worry about Battle Shock other than the 10 Volkite Berserkers. Right. And I think there's an argument for getting rid of the Volkite Berserkers entirely and just replacing them with another Hearthguard berserker unit uh the ruined father's in the list to make hearthguard berserkers battle line uh it's just i'm not sure what to do with the additional 40 some odd points that become available um there's there's find, not great options do you fight because majority of your units are they a lot of, a lot of your units are they battle line you know, the only battle line unit is Volkite Berserkers, and then you have to bring a specific general to make the others battle line. So I was originally bringing the Rune Master, which was making the Hearthguard, the Ulrich Hearthguard battle line. Uh, I felt like I was giving up too easy of a battle line point because I was bringing a unit of 15 and two units of five, and someone would decide that that unit of five is what I'm going to do for my battle line, and I didn't have a good answer for for keeping them alive. I think the Hearthguard Berserkers at a unit of five on a five up, four up is the right way to go to try and prevent them from scoring that point. Because I think the four up after save, it does a lot because it's essentially a save reroll. Yeah, it's massive. And the reason I asked is, you know, one thing that I've been thinking about lately is 
the role of battle line. And yes, one of the cool things by having battle line is you can double reinforce them. But then on the other side, it's a very easy way to give away um, broken ranks. Mm -hmm. So I've been trying to think about like, how do I build a screen that isn't a battle line option? And that kind of led to, my, to me my question, like which ones are the battle line? And, you know, you're obviously not screening with either Ulrich Hearthguard, right? So anything that's no. in your front line, your berserkers, your berserker builds are all giving away broken ranks when they die. But you yeah. tr you're trying to make it harder with the 10 and yeah. Yeah. I think with the shooting meta, people were picking out the Ulrich Hearthguard and going that unit of five is going to die this turn. And I'm just, you're not going to be close enough to do any damage to me. Um, so yeah, I, at this point when they have me go first and move forward into the center of the board to score the objectives, I think the birth the Hearthguard Berserkers can weather the storm or at least force them to overcommit resources uh, so, you know, if I lose a unit of five uh, Hearthguard Berserkers turn one because everything shot them, they've done their job. Yeah, I'm just looking at the Auric Hearthguard uh, rules now. Like, there's some interesting things like, you know, are they hitting on fours or fives, depending if you're talking about the pike or the throw, throwing. The throwing axe is always just a nice to have, right? Like, you know, they sure. go in, you throw a high volume, but it's more about maximizing how do you how do you maximize the, the magma pipe because you know when they're in range of the monster or they're targeting a monster you get the plus one damage so that could that could really rock the socks and you could potentially halve their move characteristic and subtract one to hit on a yep. four plus Man, so what, that's, that's that's neat what makes them really good in msu is the lofnir command ability got to use the right words hopefully uh so your priests get a a command ability that allows them to pick a unit within 12 inches and all magma pipes that attack that unit get plus one to hit plus one to wound. So you're going from fours and threes to threes and twos, re-rolling ones in one of the turns from that. <laughs> you're, you're looking at 50 dice rolls trying to bring something down. If it's a monster, it's minus one doing two damage. Uh, so it can kill a giant in a turn, uh, but because you're, you're, you're not because you're not buffing a unit, right? What you're doing is you're debuffing an opponent's unit, and then anything that fights into that mega gargant, whatever it might be, gets a plus one to hit, to plus one to wound, and obviously using the the Urgold rune to then get the re-roll. So it's not like because initially I was thinking that it was a command ability to go right unit of Hearthguard, you know, Auric Hearthguard you get plus one, plus one. No, it's like the old Knight of Zeros where it's like, cool, I'm shining my light on Mr. Mega Gargant. Cool, yep. anything that fights Mr. Mega Gargant is now plus one, plus one. So I, I wish it was anything. Unfortunately, it's only the Magma Pipes. Uh, yeah, sorry. I, I mean, like so, the, yeah, anything yeah. like, as in like the, the, the unit that I'm targeting. Yes, not specifically yeah. the melee weapons and the, and the throwing axes. Yeah. So that's that's where the Ulrich Hearthguard are getting their, their buff up. You know, 125 points. Uh, <laughs> and they're taking and they're going from those fours and threes, which is a bit iffy, to those threes and twos, which is huge. Uh, so they do good damage. And then later on, when they're in combat, throw out that minus one rend onto them. They're, hit, they're one attack each, threes and threes. Uh, the one attack each is a, is not great, but the threes and threes is pretty good. Uh, so they're gonna they're gonna have some punch later on in melee combat when you've lost your your battle line at that point. 
What was the thinking of having Prayer of Ash and Ember Storm as your prayers? And the reason I ask is because Prayer of Ash, when you were away from the pizza oven, is rolling on a four. Right. So that that's a 50-50 chance, right? And you're all you're getting really is what is it, a plus one to your stage. Yeah. I think you can drop Prayer of Ash and take it and give them healing instead. Uh, and focus on trying to keep that battlesmith alive with the prayer of healing and turn to somewhere around along those lines. Uh, Prayer of Ash is good on a big unit of Hearthguard Berserkers because they're up front. Uh, So you can use it early uh, and try and buff up the unit that you think is going to get focused uh, or at least dissuade them from focusing one uh, would be another way of approaching it. Uh, Emberstorm is in the list because of that run and charge. So late game, I've brought down like a unit of five has killed something and is now over on the right-hand side of the board, and then I need them in the middle of the board. Emberstorm is is what's going to help me do that. I could see I could see the heal universal prayer being a, a good one, especially when you combine it with um, with the heroic action of being able to heal as well, right? You could heal yeah. up to D6 or 2D3 wounds, Um which could, you know, really boost up your magma droth as it's kind of degrading. Yeah, definitely. I, yeah, the the healing, I think, onto those heroes that are going to hopefully be able to stick around because of the bodyguard save from the Arwick Hearthguard. You're, you're going to have a hit point or two left after you get focused is the goal. And then, you know, heal them back and, and demoralize the opponent as they just tried to kill a hero and they ended up killing two Arwick Hearthguard, and now that hero's back to full. Would you consider bringing in something like the um, the Arcane Tome to get yourself a wizard in instead of like obviously you know keep the oh you got the Amulet of Destiny right so you would need to take a third Warlord or a, a commanding entourage. Yeah, um, but do do you think like there's a place for Arcane Tome? I don't think there's a place for Arcane Tome because I'm not that excited for an Arcane Bolt or a Mystic Shield or Flaming Weapon kind of buff on on this list. Uh, You've got the heroic ability to deny a magic spell, which I think is much more powerful. So in a turn where you don't think you need the command point or you don't think you want to do the heroic, you know, best day ever, kind of tactic you can try and mess with your opponent's casting phase and give somebody one deny and i i think if if i was bringing the the artifact that made somebody a a caster i'm looking for denies yeah yeah and that's what i was thinking like well i was also thinking for the fact that you know we just talked earlier about is it uh prayer of ash going on a four you've probably got a better likelihood if you want the plus one to to your save or maybe you want to double down and get that stack. You could get an extra, you know, Mystic Shield from Arcane Tome in addition to uh, Prayer of Ash, in addition to all the other ways you can get plus one to save. If sure. you need to go down that route, but it yeah. feels kind of redundant when you have 139 wounds in your army. Yeah, I think I think a five-up save with being within the 12-inch bubble of the Icon, giving you plus one there, uh, plus one from all out defense on whichever unit is being focused. Uh, that's, you know, you're at least on a six up, four up at that point. And then if you could find a way to get a third one, uh, it wouldn't go to waste. It's not as easy as it is in Slaves to Darkness to just give everybody multiple pluses to save. Uh, but you've got options there. 
what what's the thinking with Warlord? Um, because you've got you've got Warlord and you've wrapped up what your Hearthguard Berserkers and your Volkite. So you've got your melee units all in hunters. Mm-hmm. Why? What's the thinking there? So the the melee units are going to be out front. Uh, probably going to put the ten Volkite Berserkers into the Magma Tunnel and deploy them as a speed bump somewhere. Uh, to try and screen out to one side, depending on where they've deployed against me or where they're moving their army, and also get onto an objective. The and I don't want them to be shouted at. I want them to have the ability to use all out defense to not get stomped for mortal wounds. So trying to reduce the damage there. The reason for the warlord is the additional artifact and the additional uh, command point. So. I find that with having to go first, uh, two command points is a bit of a challenge. Uh, maybe not in the first turn, uh, but later on, I'm going to want to try and use a command point for the Magma Droth to charge. Uh, and I'm going to want to have the command point for Lofnir to do its shooting. So I'm trying to make sure I balance... Have they already used Destroy a Battle Line? Have they already tried to kill the General? Have they already used Bring It Down? And I want to make sure I have command points to try and prevent those three battle tactics. The rune sun is it the no is it the smiter that is that the teleporty not the teleporty one is that the yeah. one that you set into reserve? Correct. The rune smiter is the priest that goes into reserve, and then a unit goes with them. And when do they come up? Is there like a come in first turn, turn four kind of thing? The the previous times I've played this list, they're the ones that are deploying a, a big block of Ulrich Hearthguard. So this is before I split it into MSU. Uh, they were basically point and shoot at a, a a monster of some kind and be on the board where I wanted them to be. I don't think I played with them well uh, in terms of, or at least they were too much of a target. So as soon as those came up, uh, the opponent would weather the storm as best they could, and then they would destroy that block of 15 because they didn't want to go through it a second time. Uh, so splitting them into MSU, I think, makes those decisions harder for them. Uh, and now they're going to deploy early on to try and slow down the opponent from getting into objectives because I, I don't care about the 10 Volkite Berserkers. Uh, they're there to prevent you from getting onto objective if possible uh, and probably die relatively quickly. Has that also been helpful to score like Savage Spearhead, for example, like just tunneling up the Rune Smiter with one unit because then you got you, you got your two units in your opponent's backfield, and yeah. you score that battle tactic like that. My goal is to score that battle tactic with the Rune Sons, because then I get a bonus point for them being a monster. So I haven't used it that way. I, I think a lot of the objective markers are in the center of the board, so deploying behind your opponent's army uh, to score those two points, I think, is a kind of one you've held on to them too long at that point because you want to be using the ones that are to kill things early on and then scoring the the be in my opponent's territory uh later on in the game i remember i remember another reason why i was going to mention to you arcane tome is metamorphosis being able to turn into a monster and then having the three monsters run so yeah um that could be an option, but is it worth it for one additional battle tactic point, knowing that it is a spell that you're not going to get a lot of natural casts? And I find it's a bit swingy. Um, 
it's a you know it's, it's good in theory like yeah I turn my wizard into a monster and i run and they all get the extra point but in practice it, it becomes hard at times fair yeah it's a six to cast uh yeah it's a six or a seven yeah. but my opponents always jerks and they always want to unbind it <laughs> fair I don't know. I'll go ahead and cast it, and then I'll just shoot that wizard off the board and score an extra victory point. Well, I, yeah, I mean, all you need to do is run it, right? And then you score the extra. But well, it's no, just that's like for you. Thinking. That That's still technically a monster in my turn. So if I can kill a wizard yeah, and not, get a monster point, right. hey. Yeah, but I'm not. Yeah, but you're, <laughs> your, your ranges are, are, I mean, well, I mean, if you t I was going to say I would just keep outside of your buff ranges. Fair. But if you've got a tunneling, if you've got tunneling, tunneling shooters, then different story, you're coming from my face. But that's a good point as well. The fact that you don't have a lot of monsters means you're not giving away too many victory points. And if you're killing a monster every turn, you're scoring those extra battle. You're scoring one extra victory point every time you kill a monster. Obviously, right. capped once once per round. Yeah. So in this meta, I think you see a fair amount of monsters because people want those victory points from running. They want them from killing a battle line with a monster. Uh, it, you know, Archeon's pretty good at it, um, as well as the giants. So they're out there, uh, and if you can bring them down one a, one a turn, I think you're you're in pretty good shape. How and maybe we kind of wrap getting closer towards the end here, but how do you beat some of those meta armies? In and how are you handling Archaeon? How are you handling Megas? How are you handling the Marathis? And just like what's happening top table right now? I think the answer is going three and two it helps me avoid some of that, but uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. A giants are a consistent challenge. Uh, this list has the power to deal with it, uh, but I think things still need to align, need good objectives where a giant can't just kind of be on three hit points and still have more models than you. So you need to make sure it's off the objective and you've got to get that done by round two or three at that point, uh, just to try and keep the game close enough that you can score enough points at the end. Uh, Marathi, uh, let's see. Last game, I didn't use Fire Slayers against Marathi. So how would I deal with it? I, the shooting is going to be really good against Marathi, I think. So having a unit of five, basically she's on a four-up save. Uh, you're minus one on your rent. She's a monster, so you're doing two damage when it sneaks through on her. You're going to get plenty of opportunities to do three. And if I can put something in combat with her in her phase... Uh, with one of my melee units, that's going to bring her down quicker than I think the opponent would like her to come down. I feel like your tunneling, your tunneling dwarves are going to be perfect to handle those snakes because you really want to kill the snakes. You, you know, Mar Marathi, you want to chip the wounds, but yeah. it's taking down those those snakes so that they don't have a good option to uh, hero phase fight. So, um, and I think that's part of the challenge for some armies is they don't get up there fast enough and they right. get two solid turns, maybe even three of just double shooting bow snakes. And especially when you got that block of 15 and that kind of is the same for your, your cruel boys with your big bolt, you know, your big killer bolts, your, um, your archers, your lumineth archers, anything like that, you know, getting in, um, yeah. And, pew pew. and as long as you get say outside of nine and don't let them like unleash hell and like don't get into that kind of i uh, just pew pew them before they pew pew you yeah should be okay yeah I, I cruel boys are their own kind of issue because if they put their unit of nine into terrain and make it so that i can't technically see them 
I don't have a good answer for that because I can't shoot them. I, you know, I kind of just want to make sure that that piece of terrain is off in some corner and then I'll play on this side of the board and just avoid it as much as possible. I think sometimes, I, you know, I've, I've won games not killing anything but maybe 200 points worth of units and that's because you're on objectives living and your opponent isn't. Yeah. No, look, I like it. I like it. I think, you know, um, the challenge with Fire Slayers is um, obviously, one, you don't have the, the hugest amount of models, right? And I think right. that's what's exciting some of the rumor mill right now, that there could be a combo book. Coach isn't saying it's coming. I'm not trying to leak you into some secret Games Workshop document. I don't know if it's a fact. It's just a rumor. The, the rumor that Grimnir or, uh, you know, whatever you, the maker got is coming back. He's going to bring you all together. You're all going to be little friends. You're going to have, I don't know, sky ports with fire slayers and you're all going to like sing kumbaya um you know sip it doesn't on <laughs> doesn't sound like the uh the age of sigmar universe singing kumbaya um give me give me some mounted uh cavalry magma drops some little baby ones with dwarves on top of them i'd also like to see some non-hero magma drops like i'd love yeah. to be able to run a magma drop without a without a rider and sure. you know drop it i don't know 100 150 points something like that just let it go yeah. um they had some cool stuff i mean the the invocations the magma invocations look awesome that that molten infernoth i think uh it's just a cool looking model uh and running it forward doing some some of that stuff would be awesome we didn't talk about that. Let's let's end it there and let's talk about your endless spells, your endless prayers. Okay. Uh, I, I can't remember exactly if they've changed or how they've changed, but are they something that you've looked into and are they worth considering? Yeah, so I'm going to get this. The, I think the Runic Firewall is the one that I consider the most out of the three. Uh, it's War Scroll definitely changed. Uh, so its mechanic is it prevents things moving through it unless they have the magma droth keyword or can fly uh which catches your opponent out when you put it on the table uh you know you tell them that the magma droths can move through it but it's sitting in front of the magma droth and for some reason their mind goes they got to go around and then all of a sudden this magma droth runs through this fiery wall at them uh but the main thing about it is that it's another ward save i think so if you are running a, a big block of Volkite Berserkers and you want to give them a ward save, you bring it out in your hero phase and then you consume it in the phase that you think they're going to get shot. And that gives them a ward based on a dice roll. It's challenging to use at the right time, right? If your opponent's doing multiple things in different phases, do you use it in the shooting phase to prevent them? Are you trying to use it in the hero phase? I used it against Seraphon in one combat, and of course their priest dispelled it because it's only a, a three a roll of a three. Um, so it, it's interesting. I think uh, you're looking for mortal wounds in the game. Uh, that's where the Molten Infernoff comes in with his movement. Uh, maybe that's gotten a little bit better since second edition. I don't think I've looked at it too hard because uh, they don't come off the board anymore, do they? Or do you still have to roll to keep them nearby? I know with my Daughters of Cain ones, I have to still roll at the end of the combat phase and things like that, and they disappear. Yeah. And I, I know at least with my Daughters, I have to. Um, 
but you know, like like as Samuel saying, you know, like if you can't beat them, join them, bring yourself a dragon if you need to get yourself some movements and mortal sure. wounds. I think, you know, again, you've got the flexibility, you've got some tools, you've got a good ally pool. You bring in some iron drakes, bring in some stormcast, bring in I think the challenge is where do you get the points? And I think to what you mentioned earlier in the show as well, this list would work perfectly if you want to bring yourself in a Gotrek. Um, yeah. So if you find yourself not getting enough punch out of your units or you're just struggling to handle that Archaeon Mega Gargant and the Hearthguard are just not working and you don't want to run Lofnir, you want to run Hemdar or some other kind of build, then maybe looking into something like Stormcast Ally, Gotrek would yeah, work. Yeah, I think uh, if I'm critiquing my list, I think I'm trying to pigeonhole myself into Fire Slayers a little bit too much. I think there's probably things out there that are better than Magma Droths for fewer points. You know, I, Samuel was asking about a dragon for 285 points, and I'm not familiar with the Dragon War Scroll at this point. Like, but I think it's like 12 wounds, three up armor save, does a heap of mortal wounds. Um, like, it's good value. I mean, it's not a hero, so you do yeah. use one of the hero slots, but um someone probably has to do the science you probably yeah. get more value from the star the the dragon probably yeah because i'm over investing into making the magma droths good right i'm taking two battle uh mount traits i've given them two artifacts at this point so i'm probably over committing into that area for 240 points versus 285 points with a three up save so yeah it, it's it's sounding like those are better options well, I think I think in your your type of list, the Lofnir works perfectly going the double magma droth. But if you were to go into say Hermdar or you know um, Volstar, Volstar or, even yeah. the, or even the gray the gray fight was it feared fired whatever yeah. it is the gray one, um, you probably wouldn't go double magma droth. You might only no. go one. Um, yeah, that would probably be enough, and you get an extra 200, 300 points to reinfest elsewhere jack up the uh the reinforcements bring in a got trek bring in something else oh yeah i mean if you've got a dragon that can make it up across the board as quick as your false tag units are going to make it across the board uh, why not bring it in there and just hit your opponent hard turn one and, and see if they can take a, a punch to the face and then keep going Celestine Prime could be another one. That's a nice yeah. little, I know it's a little bit more expensive, but it's got a four-up ward save, comes from the skies. So it gives you another reserve kind of option. Any final advice you'd give um, uh, us Fire Slayers players? Us, not me. I'm, I'm not a Fire Slayer player. I don't even know if I even own a Fire Slayer model. Oh, yeah, in, in Warhammer Quest. Warhammer Quest, you've got okay. a model. That's the All only right. Fire Slayer I own. So, um, But, like, what final advice would you give a player who is now taking what you've thought and you've said – and is now going to take them to their G their next GT. I think the only way to do it is to get in a character and drink loads of ale, get angry at your opponent, uh, and make sure you both have a good time. Love it. Mark, I would not take the elf twins. I think they're too expensive. Um, I love the idea of the um, the Lumineth elf twins. I love the idea. Saw the point. Went, no, thank you. Um, I said, no, thank you. I don't know, Travis, if you've got any thoughts or you looked at the War Scroll. It's just two, I think it's like 300 points of just late game shenanigans that it's just like, yeah. Uh, I hate shenanigans. Early. Shenanigans is no fun. Yeah. I mean, they, they're a great little wrecking ball, but I'd rather Celestine Prime. Um, okay. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's just me. But um, cool. Any any final thoughts and comments before I go to my own um, pizza oven and make up some delicious pizza before I go play our game of Warhammer? 
Just appreciate you bringing me on, Anthony. It was fun. I enjoyed the chat, and, and hopefully people get something good out of it. Are you on the socials at all? I think I struggled to find you on like Twitter. And, are you in the yeah? You, like you the, had to reach out to the Dragon Slayers and say, "Hey, this guy that's playing Fire Slayers can can he reach out to me?" Yeah. Are, are you on the Are you on like the Fire Slayer Facebook group at all? Like, I am. To I talk am. To you? Okay, cool. So if people want to talk to you and talk list science. You are on the Fire Slayer Facebook group. Certainly. So just type in Age of Sigma Fire Slayers and you'll find it. It's yeah. There's no secret WhatsApp that I need to share with you. No, I don't. I, I don't think the requirements to get in there are anything other than "Are you human? Are you Dwarden? Yeah. What, is your, <laughs> what do you do with your ergot? What is your quest? Yeah, <laughs> to seek the Holy Grail. Travis has been great. I've learned a lot. Uh, good to hear from a Fire Slayer player. Nice to tick this off my bucket list. But more importantly. Hopefully has inspired some Fire Slayers players to put their models back on the table, try some new things, explore parts of the book, reconsider their choices. Don't just try to force your second edition list into third. I think, you know, we've proven that it's not about the big blocks like you used to see. You know, MSU, Travis is getting some good good work off. Um, but, hey, comment section, let me know, like, subscribe, all that youtube stuff. But more important, tell me, how are you building your Fire Slayers list? Is Travis uh, missing something that maybe we should reconsider? Is there something that maybe would, would really supercharge his, his shooters? Let us know. Love to hear it. All right, Travis, I'm going to my pizza oven. Uh, everyone stay safe. And uh, I don't know. How do we sign off? How do we sign off with Fire Slayers? What's, do you have a war cry we can sign off with? Just Skull. take a drink. Skull. All right. See you, folks. Thanks for sticking around until the end. I hope you found that video interesting and you walked away with a few new ideas. If you did, I would appreciate it if you hit like on the video as well as left me a comment. Let me know what your thoughts are in the comment section below. The conversation will continue over on Discord, so links down below in the episode description if you want to join the Discord and continue the Age of Sigma conversation. I want to give a massive shout out as well to these absolute bloody legends, these champions who have continued to support me through Patreon or YouTube members. That is going directly into supporting the maintenance and the growth of this channel. So thank you very much, guys. Much appreciated. And until next time, roll more sixes.